Please stand for the reading of God's Word. Acts 4. We're going to begin with Simon Peter's sermon. Let me make sure this is on. Yeah, it is. Beginning of verse 8. And we're going to read through 12. And so we're going to key in on verse 11 today, but I'm going to begin reading in verse 8, and we're going to go through 12. Listen to what it says. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. And then Peter says this in verse 11. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Today we will be looking at what it means when Peter tells the religious they rejected the cornerstone. They rejected the cornerstone. They were the religious elite. They were the ones that were supposed to be the, the, the building. They were the, supposed to be the strong. But yet they rejected the main, the main part. They totally missed. They rejected. They were just completely void of this. And so we're going to look at that today. We'll take this verse, verse 11. We'll take it somewhat out of context to describe the purpose of the cornerstone, how it related then and now spiritually, after which we're going to kind of plug that back into the text so we can get a better understanding of what's going on when Peter says this. This is a foreign concept to us in a lot of different ways because in Louisiana we have mud and we have dirt and we have sand. We don't have a lot of rock that we can build upon. True or false? That's true. We don't have, we don't have rock. We, we, we have to ship it in. We got cinder blocks, but then underneath that we have to pour concrete foundations to then set those cinder blocks on if you're going to do it that way. Or piers or whatever. But when we look at this, we have to understand building upon a rock, laying a foundation upon a rock. So I want you to kind of get that in your mind and and what the purpose of the cornerstone upon the rock is. In Kentucky, when you would build a house up in the ridges, you would, you would take off the topsoil and, and in just a couple of feet you would hit rock and then you would straighten that up and once you straighten that up, then you would build upon it. You would build upon it and so it was a firm foundation. Christ Jesus tells us very clearly that the wise build on this type of foundation, right? And the winds and the rain and the storm and the floods can come and it still stands. Why? Because it's built upon a firm foundation. But those that build upon the sand are foolish. 
And so we have to understand that the cornerstone, the capstone, the headstone, the very bottom firm foundation, whatever you want to call this, Christ Jesus is our all in all. He is that stone that's going to direct our lives and going to, to do everything that we can do. He is that stone that we're going to continue to come back to over and over and over. Peter tells them here in 8 through 10 that they are guilty of the death of Christ. Then he moves to verse 11 and he shows them that they rejected the cornerstone. The very one that the whole word points to. That everything is built upon, they rejected. Verse 11 says, This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. So we're going to talk about the cornerstone. What does it do? We're going to talk about how it relates to us spiritually. And, and let's just jump right into that. And I, I've got four or five things that I don't know if I'll get through today, but hopefully we'll get through them. The first one is Jesus being the cornerstone. Jesus being the cornerstone. What is a cornerstone? What does it do? First, the cornerstone is the beginning and measuring line, measuring line for the building. Yes. If you've got a pen, you want to write this down. The cornerstone is the beginning and measuring line for the building. Everybody got that? It would be crazy to start a building, to start a, a structure... And not to have the right cornerstone. Not to have the right point to where you can build upon. The cornerstone provides the stability and the actual structural integrity of the building. Everything comes and draws from this one main point when we build something. And so Jesus is said to be the cornerstone that was rejected. Well, if they rejected him, then we know that their system, their building, and what they are trusting in is wrong. So we have to see what the right way is. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of the church. The building, not this building... The one that we're in right now, but the building of the church. We are gathered together as one. And here's the deal. We either get in line with the cornerstone or we're not part of him, right? We either get in line with him or we're not part of him. The scripture teaches us that the building starts with the cornerstone. Christ is that cornerstone of the church. He's the firstborn from the dead. He is the head of the church. So for the structural integrity of the church to last throughout eternity, it has to have Jesus as its cornerstone. Nobody else. It's true starting point. If we start elsewhere... It's going to fall and it's going to crumble. Yes. 
And you see these religious systems all over the world that have fallen and that have crumbled. And why did they do so? Because they did not start with the chief cornerstone. You have all of these religions and all of these different systems of religion. The Jewish people, they failed and they are still practicing it today. But it failed. It failed. Because they were not building upon Christ Jesus as the cornerstone. So first and foremost, the cornerstone is the beginning and the measuring line for the building. The second thing that we want to see this morning, the second stone, or the second, the stone must be strong. It must be strong, right? Why does a cornerstone need to be strong? Somebody tell me. It holds everything else up, right? Everything else is built upon it. So if you, if you build upon something that is weak, what happens? The whole system begins to crumble, plain and simple. The stone must be strong. Everything else is going to come upon this one stone. This stone must have strength to hold up under all the pressure that the house will withstand. Remember that there's going to be a house put on it. And that stone has to be strong. Because the house that's going to be put on it is going to go through all sorts of stuff. Right or wrong? You build a house and you're going to see over time that it's going to settle and there's going to be cracks in the foundation. There's going to be all sorts of stuff that's going to happen to the drywall on the inside. There's going to be things that's not square, out of square, that are not perfect. And the reason why is because the foundation has changed or it has split or it has shifted some point to where it is not true and square and strong anymore. But here's the deal. When it comes to the church, we can't allow that to happen. And this is why it says that he has laid in Zion a chief cornerstone. One that will not move. One that will stand the ages. One that is strong. One that is omnipotent. Firm. A foundation that can stand all the pressure that will ever be thrown at it. Through the ages, this stone has never faltered, has it? It's never failed, has it? This stone, Jesus, has taken on the weight of the sin of the church. The government has been placed upon his shoulders. And he is still standing strong. Do we understand that? He has not failed under the pressure. He has not failed under the weight. He is still there. Our salvation, the church collectively, is built upon this firm foundation, the Lord God Almighty, the omnipotent one, the chief cornerstone. Jesus Christ and his government is truly upon his shoulders because he carries his government. He carries his church. We are built upon Him. He is the anchor. The firm foundation. He is the only one that can do this. 
Upon this rock and this rock alone is the church of God built. Not on Peter, but on Jesus. And the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Period. And so we have to realize that for this church to function, the church collectively, for it to function, at the base of it needs to be Jesus. Plain and simple. The third thing that I want you to see, it has to be the best stone. It has to be the best stone. One that has been examined and looked over. One that doesn't have any cracks or fissure lines. A fissure line is just a line that you can see kind of uh, on the outside of, of a rock. That when pressure is applied to it, it will crack in that spot. One reason why I know this is I used to be a safety manager at a rock quarry in Kentucky. And they would naturally find those fissure lines in the rock and they would drill down through them and they would put dynamite there. And they would cut those rocks out and they would blow big chunks out of the side limestone, big chunks of it outside the side of that wall. And you could see those fissure lines on the side of those stones. It was, I had to drive through the rock quarry actually and, and any time there was a, a fissure line that really stood out going up the side of the limestone, you could see where it was, you could see it. I mean, it was clear as, clear as day. And that was a danger point because you wouldn't want your machinery and your operators to get underneath that to be operating heavy equipment because they could risk all of that falling because of that one fissure line. And so you had to mark that area off to, to, the, to the length of how far it would fall if it did fall and what direction. And so with Christ being the cornerstone, he couldn't have a fissure line. He couldn't have any cracks about him. He had to be examined thoroughly. There could be nothing found wrong with him. Sound familiar? This happened, didn't it? We know it happened before the cross, right? We know it happened for the whole time that he was here. He had to be the best stone. He had to be the one that could be examined, one that could be looked over, one that doesn't have any cracks, one that doesn't have any fissure lines, any noticeable marks that would suggest failure or compromise its true integrity and and that of which what was going to be built upon it. It couldn't have any of that. It had to be perfect. And we know that Jesus Christ is the best. He is perfect. Matter of fact, Peter is referring to this. Builders would go to the quarry to find the best stone. And they would search through them. They would search through them. They would find this stone that could be worked. And they would look at this stone and it may have an oblong shape here or there, but they would know that that there was no lines in it, that there was no cracks in it. And they would know that they could chip on that and make it good and square and, and perfect. But then they would get to some and they would go past them. Why? Because they would see cracks in them. So they would reject them. They would overlook them. They would go on to the next one until they, find, until they found the perfect one. This is what Peter is referring to. The selection for the cornerstone. It was a big deal. It wasn't something to sneeze at because you're basing everything upon it. 
And so when he tells them, you rejected the cornerstone, you were the builders and you rejected the true cornerstone, he is telling them, you're blind as bats. You can't see what's right in front of you. You can't see what the entire Word of God is pointing to. He doesn't look like you. He ain't supposed to look like you. He's never looked like you. Peter's throwing some real weight here at them. Because they thought they had the religious system. They thought they had it figured out. But here comes this little poor carpenter. Doesn't look anything like him, does he? Doesn't have the robes, the hats, doesn't have all the stuff. Just a simple carpenter. And you know why they overlooked him? Because they didn't think that he looked right. But when we get into God's Word, we still see real clearly what Jesus is supposed to look like. We see the prophecies out of the Old Testament of what he's supposed to, what he is supposed to be. And we see those all fulfilled perfectly. But they were looking for somebody that was snazzy, weren't they? Something with their hair, just perfect. Something with their robe that was just to the length of the floor. Somebody that was pressed and ironed and looked sharp. Christ didn't fit that mold. And so what they do? They looked right over him, didn't they? Do you know that they're still looking right over him in the land of Israel? They'll find their their one. They'll find him one day who they think will fit that mold, but he's not the true Messiah. The true Messiah has already came. The builders rejected him because they, he didn't look like he was supposed to look. And Peter is saying, you rejected the cornerstone. Jesus was the best stone. Precious, according to Isaiah, precious, tried, and true. Tested. Jesus Christ, he is the only true foundation. And I'm going to sound like a poet when I say this. For you. Let me say it again. Precious, tested, tried, and true Jesus Christ is the only true foundation for you. Plain and simple. He will not crack under pressure. He will not break. Why? Because he is the best stone. He is that pure piece of stone that you can trust, that you can build upon. In your own life, this is what Jesus is. So before we move on, we have to understand that we have to get the corner right. Plain and simple. Fourth, the cornerstone. You've got a pen, you want to write this down. The cornerstone is the representation of what the rest of the building is. It's to be made out of. Do you understand? Let me, give you, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. When we would lay a, a block foundation in Kentucky, we would lay a cinder block foundation, and each cinder block would be uniform. They would all be the same size. 
We didn't use different size cinder blocks. That would be silly, right? You would use the same size cinder block. Same weight, same strength. Why? Because you wanted it to match. It would be silly for you to use a gray cinder block and then right next to it put a little brown brick and then to put a gray cinder block and then have to cut a piece in half and put another cinder block in between it. Just wouldn't make any sense. And so what we have here when it comes to this cornerstone is that Christ Jesus is the true representation of what the rest of the building is going to be about. What the rest of the building is going to look like. What the rest of the building is going to be made out of. Do we understand that? Same material. Same look. The wall from the foundation up must look right and it must be made out of the same stuff. You can't just get the best cornerstone and then build mud bricks around it. That's that's crazy, right? I mean, we see that, don't we? So it has to make sense. It has to line up. It has to be square, right? Okay. Ephesians 2 and 20, it says, built upon the foundation of the apostles... And prophets, talking about the church collectively, Christ Jesus Himself being the cornerstone. Do you hear that? Built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus Himself being the cornerstone. It all has to line up. The building, the church, not this actual building, but the church, those that are brought together by the blood of Christ must look like Christ. Must act like Christ. Must be like Christ. Composed of the same material as Christ. You say, Pastor, that's a lofty statement to make that we're going to be like Christ. Well, He calls us to be like Him. And let me suggest this. I ain't suggesting nothing. I'm going to tell you that you can't be like this unless you draw all of your strength from the one cornerstone. To look like him, act like him, be like him, walk like him, talk like him. You have to draw strength from him. That's why he is the true corner. Christ has been laid as the cornerstone By the Father in Isaiah 28, and in His strength and in His strength alone, we are to rely. Plain and simple. There is strength in this stone, in this corner. The fifth thing that I want you to see, and I'm just about done, so y'all just bear with me, because after I do this, we're going to close, because it goes into a whole other section of this sermon that I want to take some time for. Uh, But the fifth thing, the cornerstone sets the direction. The cornerstone sets the direction. Anybody that's ever built a house that's been in engineering that understands anything about the cornerstone, anything about the starting point, we understand that horizontally, we understand that vertically, it sets the direction. Does it not? James, when you you lay a stone out there and you're building a house... You're going to get some points and you're going to draw some measurements. 
and you're going to draw measurements that are horizontal measurements. You're going to take measurements that are vertical measurements. You're going to take all of these measurements because you want it to be what? Square. You want it to be right. This is what we have to understand. All the measurements come from that one point. It must be square and it must be true. And then we know that with Christ Jesus, it is. It is. It's either the way of Christ or it's not. So the stone is set up in the corner because it is the cornerstone. And then from there, you have the apostles and you have the prophets and you have those that have trusted in Christ built upon that. And they're all going to be a representation of that cornerstone. They're all going to be falling in line with that cornerstone. It's not going to be out of plumb. It's not going to be going this way and that way. No, it's going to be going straight. There is a path that is right. And it comes from the cornerstone. It sets the trajectory of the house. He is the one that is in the corner showing us the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one that is building this temple. He is the one that is showing us how we are to go, how we are to walk. He is the one telling us and showing us that we are to fall in line this way or not at all. There's no other way. You either get in line with Jesus, with the apostles, and with the prophets, or you don't at all. So the corner is based there for a reason. All the structural integrity, all the squareness, everything about the house is going to be drawn right from that one specific spot. And if you're going to be part of it, you're going to look like him, you're going to talk like him, you're going to act like him, and you're going to fall in line with him. And if you don't, you ain't part of him. Plain and simple. You're either part of the building or you're not. But remember, just as the religious rejected the true cornerstone and put him to death, if you're going to be part of this cornerstone, if you're going to line up with him, we have to remember that just as the religious overlooked him, just as as the religious did not believe him and rejected him, put him to death, we cannot expect anything less on our behalf. There is a cost that we have to count if we are going to fall in line with the chief cornerstone. You remember that he was beaten, that he was bruised, that he was stripped of everything that he had. He was discarded and rejected by man. So if you're going to be part of the wall system, part of the structure of the true church, understand that persecution is going to come at you. And I said that last week, but I don't think people understand it. Persecution is coming and the church better be ready. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. We ain't seen nothing yet, guys. If they treated Jesus this way, John and Peter knew that they were going to be treated the same. Don't expect anything less 
on your part. If you join the cause of Christ, if you fall in line with Him, understand that there is going to be rejection, that there is going to be persecution. Because you're not going to look like what the religious system calls religion. Plain and simple. You're going to look like what Jesus calls religion. Let's know what the scripture says. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you. Jesus didn't look like what they thought. So they rejected him. The builders rejected the purest stone of all. And that purest stone has become the cornerstone or the chief cornerstone. Verse 12 says, And there is salvation in no one else. There is squareness in no one else. There is a plumbness in no one else. There is a right way in no one else but Jesus Christ. Listen to what it says in 12. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men. And I love this verse, by which we must be saved. Christ. Overlooked by man, overlooked by the religious, but believed on by the simple. Believed on by those that needed him, those that that truly were lost. And here we have in this text Peter and we have John and they are standing on account of their faith and they are preaching the word of God. And they are telling the very ones that have the power to destroy them, they are telling them, you rejected the author of life. You fools. You have built this whole religious system upon sand. They knew exactly what Peter and John were saying. Most importantly, Peter and John knew exactly what they were saying. And so I pray today, I pray today, that you would be able to understand and that you would be able to see that all of our strength, everything that we are, Everything that we have, everything that we could possibly do, everything that we will become stems from that one starting place, that chief cornerstone. And we have to fully rely on Him. And we forget that, don't we? We forget to fully rely on Jesus. To fully rely on the only one that's strong enough. We try to make flesh our arm. We try to make it our strength. When the Scripture teaches us very clearly, Behold, I have laid in Zion a stone, a precious cornerstone that's been tried. This precious cornerstone is Christ Jesus without a doubt. The next time we meet, we're going to be looking at Psalms 118 that I read this morning and 1 Peter 2, 6 and seven. Also, we're going to see 
uh, those that do and those that don't out of the book of Matthew in chapter 21 there when he's given some parables. And it's, we're going to tie this all together and it's going to make a little bit better sense as we look at this legendary sermon of Peter and John, this third sermon that I'd like to call from Peter and John. And so with that being said, I pray today that you would be able to know who your cornerstone is. What are you set up upon? What have you put all of your, what basket have you put all your eggs in, if you will? If it's not on Christ, then it's going to fail. Plain and simple. Don't overlook him. Don't overlook him. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today and we we thank you, Lord, for um, 